You're about to listen to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which comes to you free every single week over on geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy helping us keep this show free, and I know you do, pop on over to patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity, where we have all kinds of levels that get you some fantastic awards and benefits. But if you can't help us out there, just please share this show over on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And as always, our opening and closing theme brought to you by nerd rock group Megathruster. And now, let's get on with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. One, two, three, four! It's been a long, long week. Why don't you spend some time with geeks? So many issues today into which we must delve. Talk about the stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert, we're going more factor 12. Thanks for pressing play. Now we're gonna save the day. Alright! Hello, and welcome to issue 545 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Bean Rita. And I'm your other host, Cable Hashitani. Hey, everyone. What's up? Nothing much. Yay! Nothing changes. Hooray! The usual. Hi, everybody in the chat. Oh, yeah, look at all these happy listeners. I know. They're all hanging out and everything. I don't know that they're happy. I'm just making assumptions. We can make that assumption. That's probably safe. Brad's got a f- fancy, like, scarf on. Oh, yeah, he was putting it on right before, uh, right before we started. Yeah, cool. There we go. Now I'm satisfied. What is that background? That background is Crystal Tokyo. Oh, okay. Mind you, get off Naturally. Of What's Crystal Tokyo? A, f- a future version of Tokyo after Princess... No, after Sailor Moon becomes Queen Serenity. There it is. It's a Sailor Moon reference. Yes. Uh, actually, speaking of Sailor Moon, I just read that I think starting like April 25th, they're all mm-hmm. going to be free on YouTube. Uh, free on something. They're already on Hulu is the thing. But I mean, I guess if you don't have Hulu or you, you know, you, you can't afford streaming services, that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, it's going to be basically like the first three components of, of the Sailor Moon series, the bulk of it that's most familiar amongst American audiences. Yeah. I may have to watch some of it just to see it. I mean, here's the thing is it's extremely 90s. Even now with the the (laughs) redub where they've made it a little bit more true to the original in terms of context uh, and like word usage, it's still extremely 90s. Yeah. Uh, The only thing that's different is it's a little bit less Americanized. Well, okay. That seems fine. It's a fun show. It's... I There's mean, a lot of filler episodes. Can it be more 90s than like Frasier? No. Because that's but a super also, 90s show. But also it's, it's, it's extremely 90s and also aimed at 13-year-old girls. Well, I mean, that is not a demographic that dissimilar from me. 
fact. You know, so. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. You're right. You'll love it. It'll, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then after you watch uh, the 90s animated uh, version, you could then double back and watch the um, the mid to mid, well, what was it like 2015 uh, version, Sailor Moon Crystal. Is that where Crystal Tokyo comes from? No, no, that's just what they called this one to differentiate it from the original animated version. Oh. This one is, it's just a remake, basically, where it's more true to the, um, the manga. So it doesn't have, you know, like 100 episodes per season. Right. Each episode is really more like one issue of the manga. So there's less filler like they would have made in a 90s cartoon. Oh. And the art is, the art is just, mwah. All right, I might check that out. I mean, it's not gonna. I mean, once you can, once you can like, sit through Neon Genesis, then you can kind of handle anything. <laughs> like, because there, there is no anime that has a more convoluted storyline than that series. I've never seen Neon Genesis. I love it, but like, it can be a slog at times. Mm-hmm. Um, this is true. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gorgeous, but it's a. Uh, yeah, it's something. And then they they did like a follow-up series and then a weird prequel series of movies and then like parallel stories. Uh, it kind of went all over the place. Mm. There's a specific movie that takes place between like the third to last episode and the second to last episode that fills in a bunch of gaps that were not part of the original series. Right, yeah. Mm. It's very confusing. Talina just said her husband made her watch all of them when they first met. That is such a dude thing also. Uh, I could never get behind Dragon Ball Z. It was on uh it was on television like back to back with Sailor Moon when I was in like high school. And so I would see large chunks of it and I swear to you one fight sequence or like I don't know, like a, a a story that involved a single fight, yeah, lasted like weeks. I was like, the oh, show yeah. was in syndication, and so it was another episode every every day of the week. But it was the same scenario, like Monday to ne- through all the way through the next Wednesday. I'm like, what is happening? Are they gonna fight? Or are they just gonna keep standing off and shouting at each other? Why not both? Yes. Yes, and it's it's so it's so different from Dragon Ball, which I remember from when I was a kid. That show is super fun because that one is just a fantasy show where it's about this little uh, being of a human being named Goku who has a monkey tail and flies around on a t- tiny magic cloud looking for the Dragon Balls. Yeah, and yeah. Dragon that was, Ball that Z was fun. is fight porn, except yeah. they don't fight. I don't even know. Yes. I worked at Suncoast uh, when those were still, like when they were still producing basically new VHS of it. Oh, wow. And first off, like that audience knew the release dates more than we did. So like oh. they knew, they knew when to be there, but it was so popular at the Suncoast I worked at that Dragon Ball had its own section. Like I remember pr- that. Yeah. They printed us up a label. Like there was like the anime and then there was Dragon Ball. Like it had its own section. Uh so did all the uh, Shaw Brothers and Wu-Tang movies. <laughs> but that was just us. Because again, Lloyd Center, we knew our audience. We were going to have a dedicated like Shaw Brothers and Wu-Tang <laughs> section of the store. Oh, here we go. Sack says, uh, Dragon Ball Z. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Now they're fighting. 
uh, just wasted some time. Yeah. Um, if you want to watch an anime where some serious shit happens, that would be Full Metal Alchemist. I've watched that one. That one's pretty cool. It's don't watch it on a on a you got to watch it on a strong day. It's some dark shit that happens. <laughs> um. Guy, he mentioned a uh, bubblegum crisis. I remember digging bubblegum bubble crisis. I don't know. I if never I saw that would. one either. Cable, you disagree? I haven't seen all of Full Metal Alchemist. It didn't catch my attention. Mm. Um, it's, it can be it, a little dry at times, but there are some like really like nasty things that happen. I think it mostly comes down to if I can't find it where it's not dubbed. Th- then I won't watch it until I can find a non-dubbed copy. Oh, uh, well, I'm trying to think. Sailor Moon is available dubbed and subbed on Hulu, but I think Full Metal Alchemist is on Netflix. Yeah, and I, yeah. I want to say it is only dubbed. I think so. Seeing as how I, I grew up with everything being dubbed, I'm I'm kind of just okay with it. I have to. I remember. I have to remind myself to check out Death Note. I've had a lot of people tell me that Death Note. I oh, really, I have I the would, first volume. I would. People tell me I'd really get into that one. You oh, might. What? You might also look at it and go, "Oh, I could have written this. I think I have oh. written this. I think I've written one, three I, different I do versions that a lot. Of this. I do that a lot <laughs> as it is. I mean, I guess that explains why. Uh, why he would like it. Hey, it's Hector. Hey, Hector. He- Yes and no. Like sometimes that's that can be off-putting when you go, "Oh, this is actually something I could have created, and I could have done better." That that can be. I, I found that with a couple, um, a couple pieces of fiction that I've enjoyed over the years, but I just I blanking on which ones now. Mm. Right. So, I still yeah. go ahead. I still want to get both of you to watch um, uh, Furikuri with me. Oh, I know. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so maybe we can have like a watching party, but I don't know how we do it because it's not on streaming. No. No. Uh-uh. We'll figure it out someday. Because it's do one of those. I'll just one. pass the uh, DVD. Right. Between between you. Uh. <laughs> The one I, I think I've talked about this before the show too. I have tried now a couple times to get into Attack on Titan, mm-hmm. and I still because oh, that one's on. That one is on streaming right now, isn't it? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just still can't I can't get into it. Uh, what is that one about? It's naked, like skinless giants are eating people, so you have to live in these walled cities, and there's these special soldiers that can kill them. It's Neon Genesis Evangelion only with um, monsters instead of robots. Monsters. Yes. Although to be fair, the robots are also monsters. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. And in truth, the point of the whole thing is the humans were the monsters the whole time. Right. Oh, I've only perfect. seen the first season of, uh, and also angels. Same thing. <laughs> right. And that was, that's the point of it is that, we are the angels, the angels are us. We are the monsters, the monsters are us. We're the ones doing it to ourselves. That's the whole point. That's kind of the point of, like I haven't seen the second season of Attack on Titan, but I, I know that I watched that first season going, 
okay, so who's at the other end of the Titan cannon firing Titans off at the remaining parts of humanity? Because they were coming from somewhere. They don't right. breed. They're genderless. They're not actual organic beings because they don't digest any of the people they eat. They just collect them. When you say they don't digest them, how do we know (laughs) that? They've managed to get inside one of them or cut them open. It's like they're, they're not, they're not giant humans. They look like humans, but they don't function like humans. And it basically comes down to, well, that means someone is creating them and pointing them in the direction of the last remnants of humanity. So who's doing that? Oh. Hmm. That sounds right up my alley. So it, it it's essentially, that's my Attack on Titan version of follow the money. That's... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, I tried watching it and it was a little too melodramatic like i couldn't stand the main character oh you're not supposed to oh yeah well then i have like but it made me like not want to watch like if i'm gonna be Uh, following this guy i can't i can't listen to him no you don't care about him you care about the woman in the red scarf oh you know the one japanese woman amongst all these germans (laughs) that's the problem with it you're all german Yes, well, I don't know. <laughs> racist. I'm trying to think of other ones that I really got into. I used to watch, uh, I don't even know if it was any, so many of these things I remember watching and liking, but then I wonder, like, was it any good, though? Uh, Mailman, um, or, or I guess the listener formerly known as Mailman <laughs> Rick, uh, mentioned uh, Ranma One Half, uh, saying that it's like the writers are smoking weed. Um, I would say they're on acid or something because it's that show is a, a for real trip. But that show is that's weird. one of the very first animes I ever <laughs> saw in Spanish, no less. And uh, and it blew my mind. And I've never watched the whole thing. But um, weirdly, I in my brain, it's one of my favorites. Man, hmm. I haven't seen that in a long time. No, the one that it keeps, is a pure romp. It's it's really really ridiculous. The one that keeps popping in my head is. Um, Record of Lotus War. Oh, D and D the movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. God, nineteen ninety. Oh yeah, Lotus War was basically the D and D movie that we're never really gonna get. Yeah, because for some reason they keep wanting to do D and D as a live action, and I don't understand why. Because you can't get adults to go watch cartoons. I don't know if that's true anymore. Especially, especially if they were to... Well, actually, I think they did try to do a Dragonlance animated movie. They did. It's garbage. It's yeah, hot, right? When and was it's, that? And it's, it, uh, I think it was straight to video. It, it had did, to yeah. Because they did, yeah, Dragons of Autumn Twilight. That's right, and Kiefer Sutherland's in it. <laughs> well, voicing it. Kiefer Sutherland, Lucy yep. Lawless, Michael yep. Rosenbaum, Michelle Trachtenberg. Man, it is just a, a who's who of... The early two thousands movie <laughs> TV shows. Yep. Yeah, totally. Oh, standalone complex. <laughs> what about it? I love that so goddamn much. That's the only Ghost in the Shell thing I've ever watched, but I I love it. You never saw the movie? No, I've or like the, the other. I know that what is there's an animated movie that like predates Standalone Complex, or was it a series? It was a manga. Mm-hmm. Right. That begat the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie begat standalone complex. Mm-hmm. Right. 
which what they've managed to do with um, Ghost in the Shell over and over is you get the same characters and it's the same setting, but then they tell different stories each time. Like Standalone Complex has all the same characters from the movie, mm-hmm. except it's not the same story at all. Oh, interesting. See, I knew that the stories for each one were different, but I didn't. I don't think I realized that they were all the same characters. That Standalone and, Complex happened basically before the movie. Is yes. how they phrased it. Yeah. The events. The events of. Gotcha. Um, yeah, like uh, uh, the major, Bato, um, the chief, everybody. They're they're all characters. And then there are the more uh, recent ones. There's a, a trio of movies that were on Netflix um, that they, like, it was still a lot of the same characters, but they wanted to tell a different story with the major this time. So it was a, um, the major was more of a teenager, I think. I remember correctly, or at least yeah. in the early twenties, um, and and definitely high cat, and uh, had uh, like it, it kept. She was still unclear about the origins of her body. Mm. Yeah, right. I've watched a lot of Ghost in the Shell series. Not all of them. I want to watch all of them. I would um, watch all of them because there was also a. Uh, the second standalone complex. This was just called the second gig. Yes. And then oh. there was the Arise alternate one too. Those are the ones that I, that, that were on Netflix, the Arise series. Okay. The, that was three of them. You know who oh, we could have on to talk about that one day? It's Stephanie Strickland. That woman loves Ghost in the Shell. Huh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> she, lo- she pretty much likes almost all anime. Uh, but she loves Ghost in the Shell. We had her on the show many years ago where she talked about um, she was no longer, she had this, she used to be part of this women's group. They would have like movies and wine night where like every month a different woman picked a different movie for them to watch. And one day Stephanie's like, what if we did an animated film? And he said, oh, that could be kind of cute. You want to pick one? She's like, yeah. Uh, she picked Perfect Blue. Oh. Well, because she loves it and it's good. It's a great, like, fucked up Hitchcock style show, but imagine, imagine, like, just a bunch of, like, suburban soccer moms, all of a sudden, she pops in perfect blue and says, hey, it's animated movie night. I picked it. (laughs) Um, Uh, I don't know anything about perfect blue. I don't think I've seen that since the 90s. I'm a little fuzzy on most of the the anime that I watched in the 90s. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was a... it was one of those ones that I yeah it came out in ninety seven. Um, Perfect Blue and Paprika, and uh, yeah, those were man. Those are the ones that you're like, oh, this is the idea that the Wachowskis borrowed heavily from for The Matrix. Ooh, oh, that's so okay. true. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. They they borrowed a lot from. Like especially Ghost in the Shell, but uh, Perfect Blue. Uh, I feel like there's another one. Uh, well, Paprika, mm-hmm. definitely one of them. Um, well, and I also think they borrowed a lot from The Invisibles. Well, yeah, yeah. So much sort of didn't. Did 
Grant Morrison actually tried a thought about suing them. Or I, I could have swore there was a time where like there was something that was actionable between I the Invisibles. Hmm. I don't know. I, I got nothing. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm trying to think. I can't think of it. I still need to finish Hack Sign. Hack Sign? Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, right. It's another one. What was it? Vampire but, Hunter D. I've always wanted to rewatch that. I feel like that one doesn't hold up. It, really? It doesn't. And like, I don't I remember that much it. about it. Is why I'm like, okay, I I would rewatch that just because. It's uh, yeah. It it still looks pretty. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hold up that well. Um, just go play Castlevania Symphony of the Night. You'll kind of get the same effect. There you go. Let me write that down. Yeah. Does Ninja Scroll hold up? I don't know. I don't think I've rewatched that since the '90s. Uh, there's a lot of blood and guts in it, but eh, I right. don't know if it holds up. Um, I think a lot of some of the more modern, and I say modern, that's still like 10, 15 years ago at this point, um, series that I've been enjoying, like um, Paranoia Agent is the one that I want to go back and rewatch because that was weird. It was weird as fuck. Um, that yeah. and... Um, I just had it. Oh, right. Ninja Scroll reminded me of it. Um, Samurai Champloo. Like, everyone seems to love Cowboy Bebop, and I, I get that, and I understand why, but I think Samurai Champloo is a superior piece of work by the same director that did uh, Cowboy Bebop. Hmm. I'll have to check that one out. Cause I I've, did only see, I've only seen Cowboy Bebop. So. Mm. Samurai yeah. Champloo is set during uh, the Edo period, and but merged with hip hop. That's cool. All the, all the music, and so it has a very hip hop feel to it. Like the anime version of the concept of um, the movie Marie Antoinette by uh, Sofia Coppola. Sort of, yeah, yeah, I get that. That's that's a fair analogy. Yeah. Um, there are also bits from Samurai Champloo that talk like part of the plot is directly tied into the persecution and the execution of Christians during the Edo period when Christianity was illegal, which is one of those. I didn't know that about feudal Japan. (laughs) It's a fun little thing, largely because I've actually been to the places that were in Samurai Champloo in real life, the, the different shrines in Southern Japan. Mm. That's kind of cool. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Well, little trip down anime memory lane there. (laughs) Not quite sure how we got there, and I I don't. I was was going to say, how did we get started on this? Uh, Crystal Tokyo. Oh, my background. Crystal Tokyo. Yep. Yeah. Right, right, right. It all comes back to Sailor Moon. I feel like that's probably how most of our anime conversations uh, probably get started, and they all are pretty much. some version of what we just did. Yep, but this is a good definitive version. <laughs> the I'm now official. singing the theme song to Sailor Moon in my head. 
I have a, you know, I've got the Cowboy Bebop theme in my head, but it's it's a catchy a, tune anyway. It's a fun theme. Yeah. Tank is, yeah, I, Tank is it's, one of the perfect pieces of music ever. It's so much fun. Uh, have you listened, to, have you ever looked at the extents of music that Yoko Kano created for that show? Yeah, it's. Jesus. Um, I'm trying to remember. Somebody put out a full soundtrack of it too. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember who did it though. Anyway. I feel like um, Shout Factor would be a good place to like poke at. Go, hey, have you ever done this? Yeah. They like doing things like that. Yeah, that could totally be something they would do. It's also something I can see like Mondo doing. Oh, yeah. Like uh, a, a neat special edition. Did you uh, see Hector asked you if you watched Sailor Moon in Spanish, Bean? Oh, I didn't know. The only thing I've ever seen in Spanish was Ranma one half. And the reason for that is because it just happened to be on, uh, on whatever channel the TV was on at, uh, on my grandmother's television. I was, oh. I was visiting. I must've been 15. Oh yeah. It was the, it was the summer I spent, uh, in Mexico and it just, it was on, I don't know, yeah. which is weird because there's a lot of boobs in that show and it was the middle of the day. <laughs> Yeah, but they're wacky cartoon boobs. You can kind of get away with it. I guess, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's a very Catholic country. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so the fact that I watched any anime in Spanish is really just a fluke. <laughs> um, God, it's, this wasn't anime, but I don't know why I was just randomly browsing on Hulu this afternoon mm-hmm. um, in my completely hungover state, sitting on the couch for most of the day. Right. Um, yeah. And I found myself watching a couple episodes of the Extreme Ghostbusters. You guys, you guys, folks, remember that mm-hmm. one? Um, I do. I just saw um, something on Twitter about that, where they were. Uh, what is it like? Egon gives off some serious daddy vibes. Who's whose fault? Who did this? Yeah. No. Um, yeah. They. It's the same voice for Egon, but they they kind of like put him into like a professor and advisor role. Mm-hmm. So like his hair is all combed back and they turn Janine into also a computer genius. And it's heavily implied that Egon and Janine became a couple and they have, you know, they have special fun when the kids are out busting ghosts. Um, <laughs> they stay behind and do experiments with each other. But that show was also like a lot darker than I ever remember it being. I just randomly picked an episode to, to just to check it out. And it's it's clearly like they're doing like a riff on R.L. Stein slash Stephen King, and mm-hmm. it, it's this author that like just like the most famous horror author of all time, and like he he vanishes, no one knows why what happened to him. But the episode opens with basically cartoon versions of Cenobites um, eviscerating a kid or a, like a pizza delivery boy on a table. And saying that they're going to rebuild him into a more perfect form. Whoa. And I'm like, what the? Like, this was on Saturday morning. What? And then I, I was like, okay, may, they can't all be that bad. And then, well, not, you know, like that dark. So I watched like another one that 
had to do with like an Aztec god that can be summoned to punish the guilty. And basically, if you give these tokens to people, then that the god just consumes you. I'm like, what? You guys really pulled all this off in like 1995 or some shit? For kids. It was like a Saturday morning cartoon, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Yeah, Kevin mentioned the real Ghostbusters. I remember the episode where Egon's soul was dragged into hell. I remember that one. That's crazy. That that sounds like something worth revisiting. I don't really uh, remember anything about watching the show. I know I I know I saw it. I remember it doing it. It wasn't but... that good, actually. Like the animation was not anywhere near as good. I mean, not that the real Ghostbusters had amazing animation, but this was <sighs> and boys at nineties, like with a really bad CGI intro and like an early metal hip hop remix of the Ghostbusters theme. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I would have considered it comparable in style to like the Ninja Turtles. Um, I think Ninja Turtles probably had better animation mm. than extreme Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, but the, I still like the real Ghostbusters though. I think that one kind mm. of, it kind of holds up. Um, I do believe it's Joss Whedon's first writing credit is in the real Ghostbusters. Really? Yeah. I know J. Michael Straczynski wrote the Call of Cthulhu episode. I remember that one. Yeah, the running gag is every time someone says Cthulhu, like Ray or Pete says, Gesundheit. All right. Uh, Well, are we ready to... um... Yeah. To have questions? Do our do our ask us anything. So we have a couple questions in the in the Facebook page already. Right, right. Uh, so uh, as evidenced by the fact that we just spent forty minutes talking about anime and other animated series, uh, we're doing an AMA tonight. Woo! Yeah. Well, that seemed as good a place as ever to have a quick little ad break and thank our sponsors that have been weathering the uh, social distancing along with us and that would be first off bridge city comics they are still doing online orders for delivery and uh, curbside pickup but they're maintaining a safe distance um you see a lot of stuff trending right now online about it's new to you there are still a ton of comics and graphic novels out there that maybe you have always been curious about and now is a truly great time to check them out so go on over to bridgecitycomics.com They have uh, set up an online store there where you can pick out some books and uh, yeah, you just pay for them online and you can either decide to pay for shipping to your house or if you uh, need to get out a little bit but can stay in your car, you can do curbside pickup. So uh, Michael and Merrick and everyone at Bridge City Comics have been working pretty hard behind the scenes to not only keep themselves healthy and safe but making sure you are still getting that much needed distraction that folks need in these times. So check them out, bridgecitycomics.com. And uh, also, uh, Guardian Games have remained open to pick up this uh, this entire time as well. If there is a... They're not getting anything new, but Guardian Games had a pretty massive selection to begin with. Um, if there's a board game or an RPG or some card games or dice, any kind of game you've been curious about, um, email them first. Go over to uh, ggportland.com and just click on the contact or whatnot. Um, find out if they have it first, and if they do, they'll let you know the prices and whatnot, and if you want to place the order, tell them you would like it, and then they will call you back, 
with the amount and take your card over the phone. Uh, again, they're not doing cash or, or checks. It is cards over the phone only. That is the base. That is the most safe and secure way for everyone this time around. Um, also, don't call them to complain that either they are open too much or they are not open enough. Uh, they have found a pretty good balance. So uh, maybe cut them some slack, nerds, and uh, just be appreciative that they're there. Uh, trying to make sure you can pass the time. Don't mean to like yell at you, but uh, I've worked retail before, especially around games. I know how some of you can get. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but thank them again. Uh, maybe in the email, thank them for still sponsoring the show. These are tricky times for everyone. And before we get back to it, as always, a special shout out to uh, RevNat, who has hooked us up with some great equipment and is making sure that during this uh, quarantine period, the show doesn't sound like it was recorded on cell phones. <laughs> uh, and with that, let's get back to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Uh, uh, let's see. Want me to read the first one? Uh, yes, because I wasn't keeping track. Uh, I didn't realize we already had co- questions well, coming in. Yeah, I've got the one from the Facebook page. So the first one's from Norm. He said he's going to have to get rid of his Audible account at the end of the month, but he has 11 to 12 credits. So what is a book series that he should get into? Like, oh, get them well, all at once. All right. Uh, well, we've been talking about this on, on Discord. Uh, there's a num- no small number of different Star Trek uh, like miniseries of books. Uh, I'm trying to yeah, think. that's true. Uh, so, yeah, there's that one that I read that I particularly like. It's called, uh, I think the, the trilogy is called Prey. I think so. And the first book is called Hell's Heart. And if, you, if you'd run a Google search for Star Trek Prey or Star Trek Hell's Heart, you'll find it. And, uh, and it's three books. Yeah, it's uh, Prey. Yeah, I, I want to say it's about like 20 years after Next Gen, but it is Next Gen characters. Yeah, it jumps around a bit in the timeline too because it'll flash back to original series also. Oh, that's right. It, it basically incorporates uh, events that happened uh, in uh, TNG, or I'm sorry, uh, in uh, TOS into uh, a TNG sort of environment. Right. Uh, it ties in with uh, one of the movies, one of the original movies. Uh, uh, to Search for Spock. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really, really enjoyed that one. Oh, Dresden Files. Uh, Brad is recommending. That's that's a really fun series. the The writing doesn't start off the strongest, but the world building is there from from the very first installment. And it's a longer, it's a longish series. I believe he still churns out another book almost every year. Um, definitely get your credits used up there. Yeah. Um, trying to think. The oh. Witcher is another solid um, recommendation. Oh, yeah, The Witcher would be really good. Um, mm. Same with um, Discworld. And Discworld is one of those that you can pretty much, you don't have to start at any particular place. They're all interlinked you can just kind of pick and choose yeah um if you want it i've brought this up many times and people were always like what are you serious um but the audiobook the book itself is great but the audiobook of the revenge of the sith at adap- film adaptation is what? really are you really serious good. it's really good yeah no it's pretty amazing 
Oh yeah, Kevin's holding up Dune. You know, I've I actually read. would like to read Dune. I saw the movie, and I'm not—I wasn't crazy about it, but I, I can get where the fandom comes from. Um, and in light of the fact that there a remake is coming out that everyone's really excited about, I'm like, I should probably get on that. Yeah. Are they excited about Dune or are they excited about Oscar Isaac? And uh, and Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember the woman's name. Um, both? I don't know what a Timothy Chalamet is. So uh, He's like the hot young thing in, in Hollywood right now. Cool. But he's French, obviously. Timothy. Tim- Timothy. Obviously. Timothy Chalamet. Um. Yeah, I don't know. He's just he's an attractive young man, a little on the androgynous side. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, I was having a conversation with somebody, and they were talking about uh, a how excited they are, but that they're they found an article about how much sense it would make for the Paul. Is that his name? Paul or Peter? Paul. Paul. Uh, Paul for the Atreides. Paul character to be uh, an agendered or androgynous, not androgynous type, but um, yeah, to be non-binary and, uh, and how it makes sense with the core content uh, and how it would like, there's the thing is I'm not well-versed enough in Dune to, to recite all of this, but, but the theory made sense that it right. would just be a really... A awesome, uh, but functional twist in the you know from the original narrative to make make Paul Atreides uh, a non-binary character. I can see that. Um, yeah, I can too. Trying to think. Sorry, that also the previous comment to kind of maybe go down the the Trek audiobook rabbit hole there. Ah. Um, I forgot the uh, the eugenics wars are on Audible. Uh, I believe, and that's all. That's all about the rise and fall of Khan Noonien Singh. That one's pretty good. That's oh, a fun one. that'd be a fun one. Yeah, it's kind of cool because it basically has to work in quote real history since the eugenics wars ended like in nineteen ninety six, and the way they the way they write it is that basically like. Korean War, the Vietnam War, like every kind of crisis that we went through was that was the eugenics wars. It was the, it was these, you know, this racist supermen and women that were manipulating governments and corporations to assert old, ultimate control on the planet. Hmm. Um, and then what was the other one I saw? Oh, that sucks. This one's actually not on any kind of audio version. But there's a hilarious Star Trek book called How Much for Just the Planet. <laughs> oh. Um, it's so it's written by John M. Ford. Um, it's a real weird book, but it's also like kind of great. Um, so basically everybody on the planet has to um Everyone on the planet has to be, they all talk in like verse and rhyme. Um, And it has an appearance by, and not like versions of them, but it actually has like an appearance by Neil Gaiman. Like he's a character in the book and other like famous authors and playwrights 
find their way into the book. It's really freaking weird, mm. but also pretty great. Um, it's actually listed as like one of the best Trek books ever written. It's pretty fun. So there you go. I, there you go, Norm. Uh, that helped you out. Oh, oops. Had someone that was waiting. Oops. Uh, let's check the other one on Facebook. Uh, Tomina wants to know if, if we were all to compete in The Masked Singer, what character would you choose to disguise yourself as and what and why would be your number one song choice? I don't know a whole lot about that show other than the basic concept of it. Uh, somebody already famous disguises themselves so they can perform music and then people have to, other celebrities have to guess who it is. Is that, is that about it? I think sure. so. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Can you dress up as anything? I think so. Sure. Okay. Most of the costumes look like they are um, sports mascots, like elaborate oh. ones. <laughs> One oh, of my okay. favorite things uh, ever, ever like one of my favorite commentaries about that show ever is that it's basically uh, our real life entryway into the Hunger Games world because <laughs> of the like over the top uh, like costuming that um, not even the competitors, the judges wear. Like they literally look like the like the rich weirdos from the Hunger Game movies, right. like you know, just, just elaborate ass bejeweled. Dresses and suits, and you know, like every like men and women wear just like a shit ton of makeup and crazy hair with like colored clay to make it into weird shapes. I would dress as a Klingon luchador. Brain. Well, that would give you away immediately. Yeah. So. No, no, no. You got to do something really weird, like. Well, that's not weird. Not for you. No, not for you. As the luchador. You know what? Uh, I would go as like. Well, uh, a glorious mermaid, but a reverse mermaid where my head is a fish. Right. And I would just have like this, like, like just like a dress made of solid, nothing but rhinestones. And just like be like the most glamorous fish headed singer. That would be my costume. I do I not s- like the tail. <laughs> you have to sing that song too. I, uh, oh, I don't know what song I would sing. I think costume-wise, I would like to go something in the direction of Spider combined with a uh, disco ball. That could be cool. Well, then that's him. Disco Spider. Disco Spider. Mm-hmm. Just have your, have your thorax be like the disco ball mm-hmm. with all the little glass tiles all over. I, I want this to be real now. Um. Oh, apparently Raven Simone already did that. Are you not allowed to repeat costumes? I have never watched the show. I have no idea. That's so Raven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of us had to say it. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would dress as then. I don't know. Slug. A slug? A slug. Okay. Um, but with a cape that I would get stuck on myself because I'd be a slug with a cape. 
I'd go really slow because capes drag. I don't. I, I'm not sure. I don't know what my song would be. No, that's the harder one. I will survive, so, but song. Damn is it! A no, that's my song. Oh. Uh, don't take my song. I would sing "Unbreak My Heart." <laughs> Say you love me again. Yeah, but I'd be oh, a slug. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, what would you what would you sing? I don't know. <laughs> or maybe I would just sing the entire Bad Out of Hell trilogy. All three of them. Spice Girls. You could do that one. I'm not singing Spice Spice Girls. Don't cry out loud. Spice up your life. No, not that one. I don't like oh. that one. Oh jeez. Rick, Donny Osmond is wonderful in everything. <laughs> uh, unsalt my heart. That's that's good. That's, that's a good one. Oh God, who wrote? Who said that? Unsalt my heart. Hector. Hector. Well done. That was, that was well played. Uh, okay. What's uh, what's the next question? Uh, those are the only two from the Facebook. So we have to scroll around. Uh, formerly mailman Rick had his hand up, so maybe he can type what his question would be. Okay. Oh. Straight oh. from the bottle. It's classy. Nice. Ooh, that's Ooh. a nice one. Yeah. I don't know Let's if see. mailman Rick is here anymore. Oh. His, well, his video's not moving anyway. That's true. Oh, he said he doesn't have a question. Oh, um, okay. Let's see. We can unmute you if you want to ask your question, too. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Let's right. see. So, yeah, raise your hand if you have a question. They don't have to have one, either. Let's see here. Oh, All right. Good. Hisham's got one. All right, fire away. Well, I was wondering what the first thing you want to do once you uh, get out of quarantine is going to be, or that you're looking forward to doing. An orgy. <laughs> Just to touch as many people as I can all at once. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Denise is giving me that look of like, well, I'm not going to visit Aaron until he gets that out of his system. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, God. What is the first not... thing I want to... Go out for sushi. Oh, that's a good oh, idea. I've been craving sushi. Hardcore. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm sure I could get it, but I, I want to sit at the counter. Yeah. And for as much as that I have been drinking lately, I would, I'd want to go to the pub with my friends. Oh yeah. Just like a nice and, long chill night at, yep. uh, at the horse brass. At the horse brass. Yeah. Just sit in that dark corner and eat scotch eggs and that brown gravy they make. Oh <laughs> yeah. That's, and maybe get our, the other D and D game up and running again. Assuming, oh, I yeah. rem- assuming I even remember what happens in it anymore. <laughs> right, right. What about you, Cable? Well, Cable's still out well, he's there. Got, like the worst of two worlds. He doesn't get to see anybody, but he still has to go to work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually out in the world. I have not been quarantined. Um, I, I've been helping make sure that Portland is still um, has something to do while they're at home, which 
thanks Portland, but also stay the fuck home. Um, At this point, everyone should have everything they need besides food replenishment. You'd think, and yet the amount of traffic that is out every day is alarming. It actually alarming. seems like it's gone up. It has. Yeah, I thought because, so. Because we're hitting the we're Cabin hitting fever. that that time frame of everyone's just annoyed enough that they just can't stay home and they're just angry about it. And like I I said to my coworkers last week, I'm like, we're a week out from people being mad at us for. A, being opened, or B, not being open. And sure enough, this week we're getting angrier emails than we have normally been. Or not being so, like regular hey, open? Yeah, or being open at all. So you literally can't win. No. Like, okay, no. if you're staying home, what businesses remain open is really not a problem. Shouldn't be a problem for you. Have you met Portland? <sighs> Uh, yeah don't forget i also am a portland retail worker yes so for 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 the for the higher end stuff no less it's like a whole nother tier of entitlements you're just a barrage of karens oh my god seriously um oh i want i just want to yell at people like that just be like you know what maybe you should let your hair go the way god intended (laughs) no that's not how it worked Oh yeah, or shave it. I know, right? Just I'm just saying. It can't look any worse for you, Karen. Just 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 pick one and go. Hector says we've entered the anger phase of grieving. The Karen. <laughs> oh yep. God. Um okay, so also, I gotta we're, be careful not to get distracted and just watch him cook all the time. We're so we're mid May away from hitting acceptance then. Great. Oof. I think the the first thing that I would like to do post quarantine is Go see a movie in a movie theater. Ooh, nice. Ooh, that sounds nice too. Oh, with some hot buttery oil popcorn. Wasn't sure where you're going with that, but good. <laughs> you knew exactly. Where else would I go with that? I don't know. I do. <laughs> uh, okay, Rick does have a question. Yeah, I saw um, it. Go ahead. Uh, any new show, music, movie, game, or book that has uh, made you happy since sheltering in place? Um, I finally got my husband to start wa- to agree to watch Breaking Bad, which I know most people wouldn't consider like a happy show, and it's not. But no. it's it's fun to see somebody experience something for the first time, especially if you already really enjoy it. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I skipped that one entirely. Because I, I believe it's as great as everyone says. I just have absolutely no interest in watching it. That's it, fair. I, it, it's the, the more that all of the characters are horrible people, the less I'm inclined to want to watch the show. That makes sense. They're yeah. all horrible. Yeah. Like, new it, stuff, new stuff. anytime you figure out that uh, oh wait, the lead characters in this are awful people. I'm rooting <laughs> for the things that are the monsters. Okay. <laughs> um, I started diving into um, the Parker series of books, uh, written by well, they're technically they're written by Donald Westlake, but he wrote these as Richard Stark. Um, and if anyone saw the only okay 
movie Payback with Mel Gibson. That's a that was a Parker novel, where Parker Parker is just this kind of real shitty criminal, but mm-hmm. you know, ends up taking other cases and um, they're really good. I mean, they're 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 all kind of fast reads, but the way the way Stark writes them is they have this really great sense of pacing and grittiness and pulp to them. They're 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 pretty enjoyable if that's if you enjoy like a good crime or detective fiction. They're definitely fun. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think I'm consuming anything new right now. I mean, there's stuff that's new to me, but it's I wouldn't. It's not new, new. Right. I think the newest thing that I'm watching is uh, seventh season of Clone Wars. Oh, oh I yeah, still that. Catch up on the rest of the series. That. It's fascinating that three different television series are rapidly becoming just about one particular character in the Star Wars universe, and we didn't think that was the direction it was going in the first place. Yeah, and this seventh season is not going to be very long, right? There are three more episodes, and it's done. Okay, yeah, so... And from what Matthew was telling me, the last three episodes are not going to be set to be 22 minute long episodes they're going to be as long as they need to be apparently oh that's cool and they are running and it's running concurrently with the events of revenge of the sith i mean that that does make sense yeah the siege of mandalore the beginning of that that takes place one hour before anakin and uh, kenobi save the chancellor from grievous oh yeah that also that episode just that just fucking broke me oh yeah the i mean it was amazing and then it was like uh, because you know we all know that's the last time she will ever see anakin ever again yep almost Mm. No, it's the last time she saw Anakin. That's all time she sees Anakin, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it's um, been so good. And now I, it gives us the connection point between oh wait, Maul and um Ahsoka have met before. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um yeah, and I'm getting the impression that um Dave Filoni and um, what's his name? John Favreau mm-hmm. are, they are clearly working together now to build a more cohesive story. Um, Cause that just, there's too much usage of Mandalorians and Ahsoka for them not to be swapping notes with each other. Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped about what they have planned. See, the way the grid is spread out and how I see faces, Bean is right here next to me. Oh, so I've been gesturing so, at you quietly So when just she now? whispers, will you do me a favor? I'm like, what? What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? And Aaron's over here. <laughs> Kevin is right below me. Uh, and, and further below that is um, Hector chopping pineapple. So I got... I got oh, yeah, I don't think we didn't notice, Hector, that you turned the camera angle. To make it uh, extra so, sexy. 
<laughs> so now we're not watching him. We're watching his hands. What is he his doing? Food. He's chopping pineapple. Yes, but what is he making? Pineapple. What's he building in What's there? <laughs> building in there? Um, I'm kind of <laughs> hoping he's making a bunch. Might be. Oh. Also, Does he make his should... own tapache? Dude, he makes his own everything. No, not tapache. Uh, or maybe got, he's making uh, no. maybe he's making like a a capico with with some nope not nope. that oh. Oh, this could be a whole segment right here What's are you Hector just chopping doing up pineapples <laughs> could be chopping broccoli <laughs> thanks Norm that's a good reference wait hold on now I'm gonna unmute him because now I want to hear what he's saying all right what's Hector doing hi nice to meet you all even virtually so. <laughs> What I'm doing is I'm making pineapple syrup. So I found oh. this recipe and I got this pineapple to be super ripe. Like it was just smelling even outside of the house. Like, okay, somebody has a ripe pineapple in there. Mm -hmm. And even the soft decor that usually is very hard right now, it's very malleable. The idea with this is just putting these together with brown sugar and let that act with each other and then let it ferment and after that i'll be using that as a syrup for a drink mm. i want that sounds good so it will be the best piña coladas yeah that is kind of almost how you make a tapache also yeah well i'm saving the tapache especially the rinds and everything because i make my tapache juice with the skins that's the where it has the best bacteria for that right well, we're all coming over as soon as this is lifted. Please, you're more than welcome. I'll be happy to have you over. Fantastic. Right. Well, plus, hopefully, we're not going to say any more, but I know you were going to try to make it here someday because you have other people you know here and stuff. Yeah, I, just give me time or just let's, let's, let's have hope and things turn out better. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to, I'll put you on mute again so we can go back to talking. Sounds yeah. good. Thank you. Yep. Oh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> Otherwise, we will just. I know. We we just make it. This is a cooking show for him. Seriously, he could do a cooking show. Like if he did like an Instagram cooking show, I would be so happy. Even if it was just like every like every few days, I'll just do something. Yeah. Well, he does. He does Instagram videos. That's true. <laughs> um, Norm. Uh, Norm is pointing out that uh, Hector doesn't have a ring on his finger. Uh, he is still taken, I believe. Yeah, he has a special friend. Yes. Settle down, Norm. Yeah, sorry, Norm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Cable, Brad mentioned a Dune board game. Yeah, have we... I don't so think we talked about it. Um, it's not a game that I'm familiar with. It's a, like, in that I've never played it. Um, it's a heavy resource management game. Um Euro board gamers that love crunchy Euro games where it's a right. lot of uh, a lot of moving parts. They're the ones that love playing it. So it's resource management, um, area control, but the box art itself is gorgeous. I'm going to see if I can find some links. Let me bring up the internet again. I just keep closing it. I don't know why other than I don't want to get distracted by it because then I'm always looking this direction. <laughs> Um, do, 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 do. Oh, was it a Kickstarter game? No. Oh, okay. So it is both an update and a reprint to the original Dune board game from 1979. Wow. 
Yeah, I'm looking at one of the pictures. It actually looks super 79, cool. wow. The box art is gorgeous. I really, really love it. I love the aesthetics around the uh, the letters that they use. Uh, all of the pieces in the game look great. I'm putting up the link to Board Game Geek if people want to go look at it. Um, yeah, it's really, really pretty game. Uh, mechanisms are alliances, arid area majority and influence, auction and bidding, force commitment, and variable player powers. Is it the one from Gale Force 9? Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's also uh, on Board Game Geek, it's got an 8.3 rating from... They almost never give that. That's a high-ass rating. Um, this is the cover, guys. Right? Yeah, that's, Ooh, that's that's nice art. I like the style. 120 minutes plus playtime. Woo! That's something. Yep. Yeah. It is uh, two to six players. And <clears throat> usually, like, what we would do at Guardian is if it's not a game that we're familiar with, our rule of thumb is if it hit about 5.5, Eh, usually, if it's like between a six to an eight, that would be an auto recommendation from us. We just go, haven't played it, but five thousand people on Board Game Geek have given it this rating. You're probably going to get your forty dollars worth out of that game, or your fifty dollars worth. Right. Um, when you start getting into the five point five or lower range, and it's like, mm, gotta figure it out if it's a game that you really want and if it's a theme that you really want. So yeah, Dune having an 8.3 is pretty great. For the longest time, uh, Twilight Struggle was the top-rated game, and it was an 8.9. I think Gloomhaven unseated it, and I don't remember where Gloomhaven is at. Right. Um, let's see. I still haven't played my copy of Gloomhaven. Like, I opened it, and then I was like, there's a lot going on here. Yep. Gloomhaven is still at an 8.8 .8 rating from 34,000 ratings and reviews. I think this is a good time to play it, but it's just like Jen and I at home. So, mm. I don't know. Um, it is a one-player game. <laughs> I have a few that are one-player games, and I can't tell if that would be really depressing to play by myself or not, or if it's just something to do. I think that's one of the components that I love about Horrified is it can be a one-player game. Right. It has a one-player variant. Um, Denise, um, if you go to uh, Together Studios, mm -hmm. um, Keith has written a rule variant to play one-player Illamat. Oh, interesting. Yes. It's does, is it in the design blog? Probably. I just know he was talking about it, or I saw them post about it on uh, Instagram a couple weeks back. I think that that was a, oh, I should put this out because people are going to be stuck at home and they won't have anyone to play Illamat with so they can play it by themselves. I think he made it super challenging too because Keith. Right, because yeah, Keith. That's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> um. What was it? Oh, Norm asked, uh, which audiobooks you've listened to were the voice performance or person reading it made you smile? 
like having David Ogden Steers reading books or maybe Will Wheaton? Um, oh, this is a, another opportunity to recommend the Dresden Files because those, almost all of them are voiced by, oh God, and now I'm going to blank on his name. He was on Buffy. Oh, uh, that narrows it down. He was Spike. Yes, yes. Uh, James Marsters. Yes. Got it. I got it. Oh, that's fascinating. Well, my brain yeah. was faster than my Googling for once. No. Uh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say that's fascinating because James Marsters was supposed to have played Harry Dresden for the TV show. Yeah. And turned it down. Oh, I would have liked him better than the guy who I know. I haven't seen the show. One of these days I will. But um, the guy who plays him, also known as uh, Sarah and Laurel's Lance's dad. Yeah, Quentin Lance. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't I don't care for him that much. And so I think that's part of why I've never gotten around to watching the Dresden Files after oh, okay. I've re- after reading the books and seeing him in Arrowverse shows. Um I did not know that James Marsters had been that they tried to cast him though. That's it, they were trying to get him specifically for the show and I guess it wasn't that he turned it down outright. It was they were trying to work together, but things didn't work out and something then happened again with Buffy. And so he had to go back and uh, do Buffy okay. things or um, something. But uh, even though I have a hard time picturing James Marsters as, uh, as Harry Dresden in person, uh, I think to most fans, his voice is the personification of the character. And he puts a lot of like nice context and, uh, nuance into his performance uh, for Hmm. the audiobooks so that you can really kind of get into his storytelling because pretty much all of the books are all of the books are done from a largely first person perspective oh oh okay i should check those out sometime i still haven't read any of them like i said they're not the strongest in terms of like you know like literary well, that's fine. Whatever, but they're fun. And like, like I said, the world building starts now, from the very beginning. Everything kind of comes back to you. Like we, you, Once you start getting deeper into the series, everything that happened in the first couple of books comes back around, and it's just really satisfying. Yeah, I mean, I don't need things to be deep all the time. In fact, I rarely do. I just want to enjoy a read once in a while. So, you yeah. Know. Right, Brad says that, uh, put it, puts it pretty well. It's just pulp. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, trust me, I've got, um, what was it? There's a book series. I don't read as much as read them as much as I used to. Um, sorry, I have to look it up here, but, uh, well, while yeah. you're looking that up, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. There's always, uh, the audiobook version of world war Z which is just all-star uh, performances from beginning to end, especially the Mark Hamill uh, installment. Yeah, and definitely seek out the unabridged. They did an unabridged version mm-hmm. a couple years ago. I think they did it when the movie came out. They were trying to capitalize on it. And um, yeah, it's amazing. Um, you all right there? Yeah, I just, I, like I said, I get I, my, my legs get tired from being in this kneeling chair. Oh, right. And I have to like, and mm-hmm. I start to slide over, over time. Right. Okay. Just making sure. 
I'm fine. Whenever we get questions about books and audiobooks, all it does is remind me how illiterate I am. Despite Aww. all of the books behind me. I just, I don't... It's been years since I've used books as, or reading as a, as a pastime. Mm. Largely because I'm never in a place where I can sit and get into a book for a long period of time. The most time that I ever read is usually when I'm on a flight somewhere. Mm. because i will have under uninterrupted time um well that's why i like audiobooks so much because even though i don't have a lot of like personal time normally obviously current circumstances notwithstanding um i definitely have time like i i generally don't have conversations when i'm getting ready for work in the morning uh, and then i'm not conversing with anybody in the car or when i'm like setting up shop when i get there so I've got a good chunk of time in the day where I can just listen. And so an audiobook lets me enjoy the book I'm reading uh, while I'm busy doing something else, whereas I can't really sit down and read. I've learned that I don't process books that way. Mm. If I try to do that, like I've had to listen to the same audiobook multiple times in order to even remember larger parts of the story. That is definitely uh, a hindrance. I, I, I get that way too sometimes where I realize I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to go back about 40 minutes here. But I guess in my mind, it's better than nothing. Right. Yeah, it's different than processing information where it's conversational. Mm-hmm. Like, I still filter out. Like, I think we all do this. but We filter out the, the bits of information that we want, that we think that is important. Um, or is relevant to us and then go back and and try to answer that right without actually listening to what's being said to us so Mm -hmm. but that's a different thing that said um to answer uh, norm's question uh i would say damn near anything that uh Jeffrey Combs would read, I would listen to. <clears throat> yeah, especially if you can find his reading of uh, Herbert West Reanimator. It's so good. Not the, uh, not like a book, like the uh, he's just reading the the stories. That the tale were. of Herbert, yeah. Ta- the yeah. strange tale of Herbert West. I have my yeah. phone on me so right good. now. I need to be writing all this down. Uh, the, the, it's an amazing, I, I have a copy of it somewhere. You can still I find it, but I think it's out of print. If you can find it, it's going to be very expensive. But I also think there's MP3s of it just floating out there. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that... If these you days I find... only buy physical books. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I think if you can get a copy of um, Neil Gaiman reading anything that he's written, too, that's... He has a... He just has a good storyteller voice. Yeah, and when he's telling his own stories, it works even better. Yeah, that's true. Um, trying to think, there's an entire BBC cast of what's the Neil Gaiman book? The ah, my memory is shot right now. Something about the what, underground. You're ta- you're talking about Neverwhere. Neverwhere, yeah. There's a whole ABC radio cast of that one, I think. That one is a, a radio drama. Oh, is that okay? 
Yeah, it, it's a it's an adapted drama from Neverwhere. There is also a um, an edition of Neverwhere that's the book or yeah. the audio book read by Neil Gaiman. Oh, okay. Which is really long. <laughs> Hi, Manju. Uh, the dog think. is over here giving me side eye. <laughs> uh, if you enjoy Stephen Fry reading, he does an audio version of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is pretty magical. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was he, really fun. He's also gotten, I, I think he does uh, ASMR and relaxation uh, readings as well for some company. I forget which one. Yeah. Just look up AM, ASMR and Stephen Fry, and I'm sure you'll find it. Yeah. Oh, and going back really quick, when someone said Dresden Files are just like not deep, they're just pure pulp, and I was like, oh, don't feel bad about that. I found this series that I, I haven't read the last few because they started to get kind of repetitive, but I read the book series called The Hollows by Kim Harrison, and they're basically like urban magic. They're so wang. I knew Talina would have known that series. <laughs> But they all are named, all the, uh, all the books are always named after Westerns. So like it's the good, the bad, and the undead, for a few demons more, dead witch walking, nice. fistful of charms. Like they are, yeah, like they are like super wanky, but I also kind of love them. Um, yeah, they're, they're pretty fun. They're basically, if like the Vampire the Masquerade setting didn't take itself so seriously, that's what her books read like. That's that's a yeah. good that's an apt description I think yeah yeah they're fun oh I have one hmm. uh, so there's this uh, there's a series uh, called the Gentleman Bastards uh, it's by Scott Lynch uh, and the very first one is called the Lies of Locke Lamora and I decided I wanted to re enjoy the series before reading the uh, the third one when it came out. I uh, reread the first two before diving into this, the, the new third book. Um, and so I picked them up on audio and the voice actor who does, um, does the reading for those is really fun. He like really gets into the, get, really gets into the character. I feel really bad. Remember when you loaned me that book like over a year ago? I still haven't, haven't read it. What about the other one I lent you? Which other one? The Historian. That one I read. Okay. Um, yeah. um, I mean, you know me that one like six years ago, so hopefully I got yes, to that I one. Yes, I did. <laughs> I've only read the first book in this series, but I also like the Sandman Slim books by uh, Robert Cadry. Oh, I don't know that one. It's um, a bastard of a magician uh, is given leave or escapes from hell and is essentially on Earth trying to take care of things before hell catches back up with him. Gotcha. What's the author on that again? Uh, Robert Cadry. Robert. Richard. Richard Cadry. Check that one out. Got hold of a pen and paper since I don't have my phone anywhere. Uh, Does that answer that question? I think so. (laughs) Have we given all our answers, I guess is how I should say that. Um, what's the next one? Uh, and this is probably the last one, too. We're getting kind of, let's see. 
<laughs> Scrolling through. Not sure. Oh, okay. Kevin said, what is a movie that everyone else is wrong about? <laughs> As in that it's good or it's bad or just doesn't matter. Like you do, everyone, where you disagree everyone, with everybody else. Okay. Uh, I, I think I've got a couple for either direction. You want to you wanna fire it off while I think about this one? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, what is the name of that one? Um, shit. What is the name of that movie? Describe it. <laughs> about this guy. I, I am literally having that moment of like, uh, <laughs> it's got that one guy from that thing. Yeah. And then it's got that other girl, and everybody loves it, and it's got a cult following, and everyone thinks it's deep and does this. And I was bored out of my mind for 90 minutes. Um, uh, Scott Pilgrim, uh, Fidelity. Um, Rushmore. Now we're no. just naming off Paul W. <laughs> just naming off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. Well, I can I can throw one out there that I don't sure. understand why people love this movie. I have now seen it like three times, and every time it annoys me about how bad I think it is, and uh, that would be Love Actually. <laughs> Go mm. on. Okay. It's just. So first off, almost everyone in it is awful. Um, it's not romantic. It's like creepy and stocky. Um, and I don't get why people like swoon over it. Like the main characters do horrible, horrible things to try to get each other. And it's and is it maybe because they just all have accents that it sounds that it makes it like charming and sweet because <laughs> they're not. Like they do, uh, like they're sitting in that movie. They're like, that would get you arrested, or it should get you arrested. Well, but well, they're white, so <laughs> sure, and British. and British. But yeah, uh, I don't get why people really fawn over Love Actually. I think it's like a just a deeply bad movie. I think one of the most <laughs> heart wrenching scenes in that movie to me is um, Emma Thompson listening to her Christmas present, which ends up being a Joni Mitchell album. Yeah, you're right. Yes, that, <laughs> 100%. That it's like, oh, I feel that. I can totally feel that. I get that. That was about the only, like the rest of it is is just romantic fluff, which is fine. Yeah, I got um, no problem with that. It, it, but yeah. Everyone like falls on their dick for that scene with the with the signs where he's right. pretending to be oh, a caroler, man. but he's actually professing his love for his best friend's wife. Yeah. Yeah. That's shitty. That's shitty because you're being, you're A, you're going behind your best friend's back, and then B, you're putting this woman in a really, in the middle of like a really shitty situation. What is she supposed to do? How is she supposed to respond to that? Keep it to think, yourself, dickhole. I think we're also reacting to this from a place of, People aren't really like this. People are really <laughs> like this. Yeah. There are people out there that do this shit. That's why they connect with it so much. Oh, I remember goodness. the name of the movie. I, I I will also tell you that I had to get there because I couldn't remember anyone's name from the movie except Patrick Swayze. Because I remembered he was in the movie. Uh-oh. Donnie Darko. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. I'm not Donnie sure if Darko. I was just a little bit too old by the time I watched it, but I was like, I don't, I don't get why I'm supposed to love this so much. And I think I was just like a little bit. I'd lost enough angst by that age. I don't know. Yeah, I I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think the concepts were tremendously deep or things that I had not already thought about and moved on from. And it's just, it's boring. It bored me. Yeah. Um, if we want to go the other direction, the movie that I think is looked at, looked over and panned over and is well worth everyone's time and attention, especially every year that we march into the future, is shock treatment. Yeah, that definitely is feeling way more poignant right now. Yep. That was that's a goddamn visionary movie. Every yeah. every year that we travel into the future. Um and it's the sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so freaking weird. Yeah. Um Yeah. I mean it, I guess it is technically a, a sequel, huh? Technically, because it takes place in Denton and it takes place, it still follows Brad and Janet Majors right after they've been married now. Yeah, the movie is so weird. Like, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, this is, this is pretty goofy. I don't know about this. And then I rewatched it a couple of years later. It's like, oh, okay, that was more fun. It's catchier. And then I rewatched it a few more years later after reality television became a thing it's like oh wait a minute (laughs) right and i I think the last time i interacted with someone about this movie was indigo uh mentioned on twitter he's like at this point i would vote for farley flavors and i pointed out i'm like i think we already have right (laughs) i think he's already in the white house uh, so if you've never watched Shock Treatment, that is a movie that deserves your time and attention. Okay. Alright. Definitely. Over I haven't seen Darko. Shock Treatment since high school, so uh, I will definitely have to check it out. I've started watching it at least once a year. Yeah? Yeah, it's kind of right up there with reread transmit, watch Shock Treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Just as a reminder of like, oh, right. Always look behind the curtain, ask questions, figure out who's benefiting, figure out who's in charge. Throw right. in a couple of Star Trek t-shirts and you've got the cable Hashitani starter kit. That's true. <laughs> oh. um, I'm trying to think of one that I think is like, like underrated or everyone says is bad, but they're clearly wrong. Um. I don't know. You have one, Bean? I'm like racking my brain, but I I can't, haven't come up with anything in one one like either in one direction or the other. Um, I like the best I can come up with is um, I know that everyone hates. Um, uh, oh God! And now I'm fucking blanking on the name of the movie. The alien, <laughs> the alien prequel. Oh, Prometheus. Prometheus. Yeah, yeah. I. But I don't have enough to like really quantify it. I just I just know that I enjoyed it, and I don't see why everyone hates it so much. I mean, it's gorgeous, but the writing doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. But it's Ridley Scott. Like he doesn't make ugly. All his films are pretty. Right. He just has that kind of eye. Like he, yeah. Um, 
like I just, like two days ago, I wound found myself watching a Gladiator, and even though that ending bugs me, it's still just visually amazing. Mm. Um, the ending bugged me because I never once believed that Joaquin Phoenix as a completely unbattle tested emperor could even have a spiting chance against Russell Crowe's gladiator character. Like, I don't, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Please, just stop it. Um, oh God, I had a movie and then it was gone. No. Um, <laughs> Kevin said, Amber Heard is great and Drive Angry. Drive Angry is kind of great. He says that it's best picture t- 2012 to present. <laughs> well, that's pushing it. It, it um, is. It's a movie that's on my list that I've wanted to see. Um, actually, no, I have both Nicolas Cage and Amber Heard. Right. Uh, it's the Ghost Rider movie you wish they'd have made. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Um, the two that now have popped in my head, strangely enough, both star Russell Crowe. Um, oh. I don't know why. Um, one of them is Master and Commander, and no one saw that movie. Um, and it's... Oh, Gunman did. <laughs> it's a really good movie. Um, I've heard. It's, it's gorgeous. It's Mostly gorgeous from Paul Gunman. <laughs> That's right. I forgot he does like that movie a lot. Uh, but the oh, other one... he loves that movie. I know. He will make everyone he knows watch it at least once with him. If he <laughs> Yes, Kevin. I mean, Master Commander, the five-star of the world. Nerd. Uh, Brad mentioned A Knight's Tale. A Knight's Tale is super solid. Um, Wait, do people generally dislike that movie? I disliked it the first time I tried to watch it. I'm like, no, no, this is not my movie. And mm-hmm. um, when Mer- early when Merrick and I started dating, um, she's like... What do you mean you haven't watched a night tale? You have to watch a night tale. I'm like, nah, that's dumb. She's like, okay, you're wrong, and you're gonna rewatch that movie <laughs> and see why you're wrong. And I rewatched the movie and went, well, this is going to be one in the series of many things where you're right and I'm wrong, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I saw the sure trailer enough, to. I was right about that. I saw the trailer to a night's tale and I was like, screw that. This is this looks stupid. I refuse to watch it. And then I think it popped up on like TV one time, or maybe I like rented for, I, I, like I found out why I found myself watching it eventually. And I was like, well, I've been missing out for like a decade. This movie's yep. amazing. Yep. <laughs> um, the uh, actress that plays the blacksmith in Knight's Tale mm-hmm. also played door in the BBC production of Neverwhere. Oh, Okay. Um, it like everyone knows who everyone else is in that movie it's like oh that so-and-so went on to, to play this and so-and-so did this and that's the vision um what was it oh the other one i had which would not surprise anyone if anyone knows my favorite director would be uh the quick and the dead the sam raimi western that movie is ridiculous and wonderful that has some peak raimi shots like it's always high noon always mm-hmm. this will make you flip backwards like five feet in the air um i even like sharon stone in that movie so i saw strangely enough i saw a meme about quick and the dead come up today where it, or a, a tr- bit of trivia where it was yeah buddy someone commented it's like wow i completely forgot that this was a sam ray movie movie it's like 
that was a Sharon Stone movie, she hired Sam Raimi to direct it. Yeah, she oh. wanted him to do it. <laughs> yeah. She's the executive producer. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so well shot and it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that, yeah. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's, it's got uh, Leo, Leo DiCaprio before he's Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. It's got Gene Hackman. Oh, God. It's got Lance Henriksen. Yeah. Uh, it's got... Um, it's got Russell Crowe. It's got Russell Crowe. Uh, it's got uh, Alfred Gould, who was Commissioner Gordon in the Keaton Batman movies. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. 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 It's got... Uh, uh, what's his name from... The one of the only the guy who's not Kurt Russell at the end of the thing. <laughs> I'm going blank on his name. The guy who's not Kurt Russell at the end. Yeah, of the thing. remember that the whole like all of Outpost is burning down and they're just right. Standing. And there's two others. of them left. Yeah. Ugh. Keith uh, David. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, Kevin's right. Uh, the classic is in the movie Sam mm-hmm. Raimi's car. It's covered up as a wagon. The classic has been in every one of his movies. Yeah, it's actually in the in the commentary for Army of Darkness. Um, Bruce Campbell teases him about how he couldn't get the classic into Quick and the Dead, and Sam says, "What do you think I did? It's there. You just don't know where to look, buddy. It's there." Um, yeah, that cast oh, is cast. I I, I have an answer now. Okay, go. Oh. Uh, but it's not. It's no one movie. It it it's just a, a director. Is that cool? Does that count? <laughs> Damn. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Oh yeah. As overrated. I mean, like everything. Mean? Everything about him, or, or every single one of his movies, has all of this acclaim. And I've I've seen some, but not all. And I just don't give a shit about any of them. I I would say like maybe Kill Bill is like. I could get behind, you know, on a, you know, like if I'm feeling generous, but otherwise I just don't care. And I don't understand like why everyone loses their shit. Yeah. I mean, I went through a phase when I really liked him, but um, he became way too proud of like his own voice. Um, like uh, the best movie he's ever directed is still Jackie Brown and it's because yes. he didn't write it. Yeah. Agreed. It's not his story. Oh, here we go. Jackie- he did. He did Sin City, which I really, really liked when it came out. But I was also like twenty-one. No, that was Robert no, Rodriguez. That's Robert Rodriguez. Oh, okay. Why is it in his list then? Uh, oh, he did shoot a scene. Mm. Rob Rodriguez gave him a scene to shoot, and I don't remember which one. Okay. It was probably well. the one with too many words, right? Or feet, a lot of feet, or both. Yeah. Um. I think the the peak movie that describes what you're talking about being is uh, Death Proof, where it's there's a huge scene in that movie that's just him talking, so that mm. he can spend all of that time talking. And that, that and that's one that I haven't seen, but I'm like, okay, Pulp Fiction, saw it. I, know, I, I granted, I only saw it pretty recently, and maybe that takes a lot away from it, but I just don't see it. Yeah. Um, Norm mentioned late era Kevin Smith. I mean, they're still enjoyable. He's just making movies for himself anymore. He's not trying to, and he's even said well, that's he's how like, he's, that's what he started doing. Yeah, he's, so it's, it's it's really more like a return to his, actually, his original voice. Yeah, I'm 
enjoying more of his current work than I did any of his early work or middle work. Didn't Definitely. really care that. Uh, no, it's uh, not. No, no, that's harsh. It's like, I don't care that much for yoga hosers. Uh, but it was still fun. I still, I still enjoyed myself watching it. So that's if, harsh criticism. I, yeah, um, I didn't. If I, I was a fourteen-year-old, I would probably get a hoot out of yoga posers. What's that one that he did? Um, that was a, supposed to be called a couple of dicks. Oh, cop out. Cop out with Bruce Willis. Mm, yeah. I hadn't gotten around to seeing that one, and I've heard so many horror stories from Kevin Smith about what a terrible experience that was. And so now I'm never going to watch it. Yeah, although I think it's on Netflix or Hulu right now. Mm. Um, but Tusk, I love. I loved Tusk. Tusk and is I, fucked I up. I know that Clerks 2 gets a lot of shit because it's sort of his sellout movie, but I think he had a lot of fun with that still. And it's got Rosario Dawson before she was, like, major. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, I really liked Red State. I know a lot of people didn't. Oh, my God. Fucking love Red State. I watched and- all of Red State without knowing anything about it and didn't realize it was a Kevin Smith film until I got to the credits. And how did you feel about it? It was great. I loved it. Um, I would do Red State as a double feature with uh, that movie, God Bless America. Those two movies belong together. Damn. Have Mm -hmm. you ever read Kevin Smith, his, uh, the ending he wanted for Red State? You, no, but you've mentioned it a couple times. Yeah, he's talked about it on his podcast where he was he was writing it. Ah, sorry. Ooh. he was he talked about his podcast for that when he was writing it, he was like just super inspired, and that he wanted the ultimate twist ending to be that the creepy ass Christian compound was right. And that the movie was going to end with the angels blowing the trumpets and the world ends. Right. Mm. Uh, and like word. the scene was going to be at the end with literally all the cops outside on a standoff being ripped to shreds by pillars of heaven. And he was going to cut the credits right there. And he's like, I don't have the money for this scene. I can't do this. Oh, I thought he kind of chickened out of doing it. Right? That was he also was part talked of it, out yeah. of it. Okay. Yeah. I, I think um, I might agree with Kevin. I, I think uh, Clerks the Animated Series is probably some of his best work. That was a fun series. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember if only for the, the constant ripping on Charles Barkley. And also, oh no, who's driving? Bear is driving! How can that be? <laughs> Jen quotes that episode so often. Because it's funny. Yeah. That one and the, uh, the one where the, all the Jedi ghosts show up and Barkley shows up, high five. Like Obi Wan turns his head. Barkley's all, "That's cold, Obi Wan." <laughs> Just walks off. <laughs> I like to judge Judge Reinhold. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's a weird show. Yes, it was. I, the one thing I I will always I will never forget about that series was. Um, they they would open it by invi- like welcoming everyone to their palatial mansion, mm-hmm. I believe it was. But uh, and this this should have been a red flag. But I was eighteen. My uh, my first husband always thought that they were saying fallacial <laughs> mansion. Wow! And I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? 
He's <laughs> obviously saying palatial. And, and his argument was that that didn't make sense. And it, it <laughs> but palatial so manner did? Yeah. Like, I, I look, okay, I get it. You know what fellatio is. Ding dong. Uh, th- th- that doesn't mean what, that doesn't make what you're saying means any more sense than palatial mansion. Palatial is a word. Um, obviously, I still have feelings about that conversation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he says, Kevin says, so Silent Bob is silent because he always has his mouth full at palatial mansion. Uh, that's a good Kevin Smith joke. You can tell that to your grandmother. Yep. That's that is um, a Kevin Smith joke. Did you hear what they were? What one of the things they thought about doing when ABC canceled Clerks? Because they What's still that? had like they still had like four or five episodes that they never screened. They're all on the they're all on the DVD set now. But one of the things they almost did, um, and it was apparently he was like super down for it. But again, like they all chickened out. Uh, Chris Rock was going to dress up like um, like Uncle, uh, what's uh, from uh, the Song of the South, like Uncle Remus. <laughs> he was going to go full minstrel show, and he was. they were going to film scenes with him like, hello, kids, and welcome to the theater. And like, he mm-hmm. was like, let's just do this, and let's intro every, he's like, let me tell you the story about the clerks. <laughs> I mean, actually, at that time, they probably, they could have gotten away with it. Yeah. Yeah, but they are. Uh, yeah, they wound up. Yeah, checking chickening out. But Chris Rock was like, "I am so down for that." <laughs> that would have been because so that would have been right about when they wrapped up Dogma, I think. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> That's also a movie I strangely like. I like Dogma. I don't find that strange. Yeah. That's true. I think I still own Dogma. I think it's fun. And Alan Rickman is just amazing in that. But he was amazing in everything, so. Yeah. <laughs> the scene with the tequila. He's like, ever since that day, God forbid, angels the consumption of alcohol. Hence, all of the spitting. <laughs> <laughs> Need a bottle of tequila and a bucket. <laughs> and two glasses. I'm as autonomously correct as a Ken doll. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh, we should wrap up the show, you guys. It's getting that to be that time again. It Thanks, is. everyone, for showing up and giving us questions and everything. It's great to see some new folks. This will be the show for, for, for the foreseeable future, I suppose. So, uh, This is yeah. true. Um, we are still trying to figure out a way to bring back gaming. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we're going to try to figure out how to make that work, so... Like, I know how. I just haven't had the time to do further research into it, so. But the that, ideas are there. Yes. Right. Yeah. We will figure, we'll figure something out. Um, I think but, TV stories are going to be back on again, so we can start d- reviewing that. Yeah. Wait, because Stargirl is coming soon. Stargirl, uh, Legends of Tomorrow came back last night. Oh, my God. I, I still need to watch the episode, but that trailer, man. That's what I'll be firing up tomorrow morning. I'm not um, totally sure I'm caught up with uh, Legends yet. Oh, you need to catch up. Yeah. The last episode I watched was episode seven. Uh, it's... What happened in that episode? Oh, hold on. I have to think now. Well, we should wrap up the show. Then. Oh, yeah. Sure. We can talk about this offline. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Bean Rita. 
And I am Cable Hashitani. And we will talk to everybody next week. Watch our mistakes. I'm huge. Bringing the madness. Oh, yeah. Geek in the city. The cream of the crop. Yeah.